a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey, thanks for joining me once again. I appreciate you guys coming back. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three day shipping. Easy to see why Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Look for Rocky Mountain's YouTube channel. I did a bunch of tips. They call them five tips. That's their category. I did several of those videos a couple weeks ago, so look for that up at Rocky Mountain ATVMC's YouTube channel. Also, thank you to the guys at Fly Racing. Dale Spangler just spent the weekend with me. It's always good to hang out with Dale and the guys at Fly Racing. I heard about some cool new products coming out for 2019, so you guys are going to want to stay tuned to the website. And uh, this summer, you'll be getting some uh, cool announcements. But also, Springline is coming out here very um, very soon. Um, look for that in Daytona Supercross. And you will see the Kinetic Mesh gear. Um, that I love so much um, coming into the summertime, but also light hydrogen, of course, um, the boa reel. You'll see in my Instagram pages, I'll be wearing that as well. So head over to flyracing.com and check out all the stuff that they have. They have a bunch of stuff there. Also, thank you to Race Tech. Very good suspension. You guys know the drill. I've been talking about this for a while. Um, Race Tech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Race Tech products and services are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. You know what? That says something right there. All made in the USA. For you guys listening out there, I am pro 100% USA made. That's right. I'm 100% USA made. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Race Tech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. You can also buy Racetech products over at Rocky Mountain and get your stuff over, the, over at Rocky Mountain. So, anyway, today um, we were supposed to test the KTM 450 Factory Edition today, and I pushed that back to next Tuesday. So, for those of you chomping at the bit, I apologize. I know, uh, trust me, I've been waiting a long time to ride this thing too. I have been putting time on the Husky Rockstar Edition, which is obviously, you guys know, very similar, if not pretty damn close to the same. Transworld put up something. Um, you guys can, if you guys are chomping at the bit, you guys can head over to Transworld and kind of get your first impression over there. Rich Taylor is obviously a good tester. Um, he's one of the few guys that I would listen to as far as magazine terms go. Um, obviously, Pat Foster's another good guy over there at Transworld. Um, but you will see a bunch of KTM 450 Factory Edition stuff going up on the internet this week. But have no fear. Keep testing. And we'll do a pod next week. 
I'm going to break it down. I'm also going to break it down between the Husky and the KTM. Any differences there? Because, you know, I've been putting a shit ton of hours on the test bike here. I have, I think I have almost 20 hours on this Rockstar Edition. <laughs> and I've had it for two and a half weeks. So I've been riding a lot. As you can tell, I'm still kind of sick. I think I ran myself down because I was going too hard. I'm getting too old to uh, maybe ride this much. I am still need to, need to be... Uh, relaxing a little bit more and taking more rest days but this podcast i had in the queue i wanted to do this because man emails are off the chain on this topic so basically we're going to go over what bike is the correct purchase for you emails all the time about hey Kiefer, i got this is my height weight see oh okay hold on do you see how i said height i said height i didn't say height so I get people all the time, here's my height, weight, my age, my ability. I'm thinking about brand X or brand Y, you know, this this type of bike. Should I get a YZ250F or should I get a KTM 450SXF? So, you know what? I came up with 10 categories that I think encompass um, the motorcycle buyer new or used i'm not going to break down what used bike you should buy or what's more reliable in the used category i'm just going to break you down some motorcycles that i feel like you guys out there should really pay attention to if you're in this designated category these are my choices Um, i give you several here per category but also i'll give you my favorite out of each one this is very tough for me to do because I broke it, you know, broke it down to at least two, three, uh, maybe four, in some occasion, bikes per category. But this will kind of make it easier for you guys out there that have been emailing me or thinking about emailing me about which bike you should get, um, which category you in. Find out within this podcast, and then narrow it down there from there. Um, not to say that other bikes, maybe that I didn't mention, um, shouldn't be considered. But out of all the bikes that I have ridden, which is, you know, a whole hell of a lot, um, I want to break down these these categories for you and the ones that I think are the best. So we're going to start with the vet guys. So there's there's a couple categories here. Um, there's the vet guy. So I broke it down. This first category is this is the vet guy, 200 pounds and below. Okay, um, maybe. 200 pounds and up is more of the demographic in the vet category, but they are some skinnier versions. Like myself, I'm a vet, um, all dick and ribs over here, and 170 pounds. So there are um, these guys out here. So the best bike that you guys should be looking at um, for me would be 200 pounds and under the KTM or the Husky 350. Very, very capable machine. I've ridden a 350, probably one of the most fun bikes that I could ride. If I was just riding for the sake of riding and racing occasionally, the 350 size is very, very fun and manageable if you're not in shape. Um, To me, if you're a vet guy and you think, oh, I'm 200 pounds, maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe just a tad over 205, I need a 450. You don't need a 450. 
unless you're going to Loretta's and you're charging life and you're racing every weekend and you're an advanced vet rider, then I would say, yes, of course, a 450 would be right up your alley. But most of the vet guys that I, you know, interact with aren't racing every weekend. They race occasionally, but they go ride, have fun with their buddies, you know, have a beer afterwards and, you know, suck down a Sammy. They're, they're normal dudes, blue-collar dudes, that just want a fun bike to ride and be able to kick their friends' asses on the weekends. The KTM or the Husky 350 are very capable of doing this. So I feel like this bike doesn't get enough play, and I'm guilty of it as well. I haven't even done a podcast on a 350, which I am doing. I just got a, a Husky um, 350 to test, so I'll be doing a podcast soon. But I have ridden them. Um, in the past when I was at Dirt Rider and, you know, actually just more recently I just uh, I rode a KTM 350, a, a buddy of mine, and it reminds me of how fun this bike is. So um, the KTM and Husky 350s are very fun bikes. Don't let the air fork um, scare you away if it's an 18 or 17 model. If you're looking at a 2013 KTM 350, I would recommend to look the other way. Back then, they weren't ready to be um, pushed out to the consumer. The engine um, transmission spacing was very weird. The power wasn't healthy enough to keep up with the 450, yet not. it didn't have that much more power than 250. It just didn't make sense, and the suspension was horrible. So if you are looking to get a 350 and you're a vet guy, 200 pounds and below, Look at a newer 350, please. Um, you have better suspension. The motor was way better. I think they, they got better in the engine department in 2016. Um, so look for try to look for a 16 and up um, KTM or Husky 350. As you know, a 16 KTM comes with a 4CS, so you're going to have to deal with that. So that's why I recommend 17, 18 version um, 350. Now... For the guy that's like, man, I'm 150 pounds, Chris, and that 350 is too fast for me. I can't even deal with that. So, for me, you're going to still want to want torque, okay, because you're a vet guy. You're going to be a little bit lazy. You're not going to be hyperactive and revving the shit out of the bike. So, YZ250F Yamaha is very, very torquey. I had a friend of mine. He's a cop. He doesn't ride very much. He's 220 pounds. He rode a YZ250F, and he's like, holy crap, Chris, this bike's fun to ride. And he was so against 250Fs, he's like, there's no way I'll squish this bike. I'm too big. It's not going to be fun. I'll have to rev it. Well, after he rode it, he kind of had to eat some crow because the 250F Yamaha has a lot of torque for a 250F, more so than any other 250F out there. So... For those of you guys that don't need 350 cc's of horse, you know, of, of power, sorry, not horsepower, 350 cc's of engine size, go to 254 stroke Yamaha, very capable, best suspension out there as far as just production-based suspension. Um, I know for a fact I've been on um, some tests before with the Yamaha, and they had a 195-pound rider, and you can get the correct amount of sag out of the shock spring. So have no fear. You might have to revalve maybe if you're, you know, 200, just a little, you know, on the north side of 200 pounds. So um, just know that. But as far as a bike being fun, hopping on it, being competitive when you want to go race, um, 
The vet guys that you guys are racing out there aren't in shape. Trust me. I ride a shit ton, and I'm not even in that great of shape. I'm in good riding shape, and I train at home, but I can guarantee you there's not that many vet guys out there that are riding as much as I am or training as much as I am, and I'm still can't go 30 minutes um, to the full potential that um, that I'm supposed to do, you know? So most of your guys' motos out there are 15 minutes, and if the rare occasion that you do have uh, a good club, a vet club that you go race with, they probably are no more than 20 minutes. So 250F is a good size bike. Um, I recommend that um, for the guys that don't need a 350. Now, for the guys that say, hey, I'm racing all the time, Kiefer, I'm REM guy. Um, every Saturday I'm at the track. I ride maybe once or twice um, during the week. I need a 450. I'm a good rider. I'm an A-class rider. I need a 450. So what is the best 450 for me for 200 pounds and under? Uh, I'm telling you right now, guys, yes, I love a Yamaha YZ450F, but I have been putting time on a KTM 450 and FC450. Those are really, really good bikes, man. And the more I ride them, the more I appreciate them. Yep, the fork is not as good on the KTM or Husqvarna as it is on the Yamaha. But the power is so easy to ride on those bikes. Um, rear wheel connection, so good. I'm always at a high level of traction on the white and orange bikes um, versus the Yamaha. I can get in trouble sometimes on the Yamaha because um, I'm getting a little bit tired and I'm getting too aggressive on the throttle, so it can step out on me. So if you're looking for a, a good bike, you're a racer, um, I would say the KTM 450, and also if you're that Rockstar Edition right now, it's probably one of my favorite bikes to ride. It's just super easy to ride. The AER fork is not um, as horrible as I once thought it was back in the day. I'm learning to live with it a little bit better. The comfort is not as good as the KYB fork, but I'm telling you right now, it's probably the second best fork there is on the market. Better than the Honda fork. Um, well, we know it's way better than the Kawasaki fork because that fork is no bueno. But um, for those of you guys that like a 450, go towards a KTM 450SXF or an FC 450 Husqvarna. Um, I'm pretty sure that you'll be happy with those bikes. All right, for the vet guy that's 200 and over, um, in my shootout I had a 240-pound test guy named Kelly. Um, he has... I would say he has probably upper middle class guy. He can buy whatever bike he he you know wants, and uh, he really enjoyed the KTM Husqvarna as well. The one thing about those two bikes and the Air Fork is you can adjust it to your weight. It's easier to do. I feel like you heavier guys with spring forks, you're gonna have to get spring um, heavier springs and revalve and so forth, but. That's one plus of the air fork is you can adjust to your weight. And once you get the correct air pressure adjusted, um, you leave it there and then just go off of your clickers to fine tune. So KTM and Husqvarna, once again, are very good buys for the 200 and plus um, weight category for the vet guy. And if you are looking for a really good engine that's powerful because you are heavier, you're going to want a lot of power down low, the YZ450F, you can't beat it, man. Um, as connected and linear as the KTM and Husqvarna are, 
the excitement of the Yamaha will bring you um, to leave a smile on your face. Every time I get on that bike and I'm in some loam or I'm trying to come out of a corner, that poppy, revy, RPM response of the Yamaha makes me so happy that I'm on that bike. It's still one of the most fun bikes for me to ride. And it's not as exciting as the orange or the white bike, but if you can hang on to the machine, I would recommend going to the Yamaha. Um, the Honda, it, 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 it's kind of on the cusp for me. I had three bikes for this category, but the Honda is just down for me on, in fourth place for this category because I feel like it's a finicky machine. It's really good, super exciting, very fun bottom-end motor, and where it's most attractive for you vet guys out there that's a little bit heavier, it turns really well. Yes, the KTM Husqvarna feels light. It turns well as well. But I still feel the Honda has more front-end traction than any other bike that I mentioned here in this category. It's, on paper, is heavier than, I think it's second heaviest bike in the 450 shootout at like 249 pounds but it doesn't feel that way on the track. So if you're having trouble turning and you're a front-end steering guy and you're a vet dude, the Honda is very good. Now, that being said, you're going to have to set up suspension because that stuff is going to be way too soft for you. So obviously you can go to Race Tech. I've tried some factory connection stuff that was decent. Um, but from the valving and the things that I've tried from Race Tech, and you're a Honda guy, that is the way I would go if you're a Honda dude and uh, you want your suspension done. So those are the four bikes that I would put in the 200-plus category if you're a vet rider. Um, look towards that. And uh, I, people say, hey, what about 350? I'm 240 pounds. Honestly, it's going to be rough for you guys to get around, and you're going to have to be more aggressive. If you want to ride a little bit hyper-active, then yeah, 350 would would be okay, but I don't see many 240-pound guys out there that are super uh, aggressive and very hyperactive on the track. So 450 is the way to go for you bigger dudes out there that are older. Third category is what I call the racer guy. Um, doesn't matter what age you are. I'm not putting an age bracket in this category. Um, what I am doing here is you guys out there need to focus, if you're the racer type, you need to focus on what type of rider you are. Are you a front-end steering rider and a rear-end steering rider? You hear those two things mentioned a lot in my podcast, but it's very important to kind of decipher which one you are. I'm a front-end steering guy. I need a lot of front-end traction. I steer first with my front end. I'm off-throttle. I turn with my front end, and that's why I'm a front-end steering rider. If you turn with your throttle and you skip out on your ass in and you kind of rail berms on the outside and you're not the typical guy to go in the ruts all the time, you're looking for the outside sweeping line, um, then you're a rear-end steering rider. Villapoto obviously was a big-time rear-end steering guy. He steered with his throttle. And uh, it worked well for him. It just doesn't work well for me. So kind of know which rider you are. Um, go to the track. If you don't know, figure it out. Just ride during the day like you normally do, but in the back of your mind, figure out what line you're taking, how you're cornering, and you'll know right away if you're a front-end guy or a rear-steering guy. Um, so for the racer guy, I'm going to start with the rear-end steering. There's nothing that beats the KX450F. 
Yes, the fork is not as good, but you can put a spring conversion in that, and that makes it really good. And I'm trying some valving um, on that SFF air fork um, with Racetech, so I'm trying to try to dial in that fork itself without having to drop springs in it. But racer guy, going out every re weekend, riding three times a week, um, there's nothing wrong with the KX450. People think, oh, it's not as reliable. Uh, I've had no problem with the KX450F reliability as of late. Three years ago, yes, I had some problems. 1718 KX450F is really good, and the frame character bump absorption is excellent, and it steers really good with the rear end. Not to mention, if you are a front-end guy, it doesn't deter you away as well. It's very neutral, but also I would say, if anything, it's a 60-40 rear-end steering bike. Um, so very. if you guys want to learn more about the Kicks 450F, you can go back in these podcasts and learn more. I did a, I did a, um, a podcast about the bike, and you can kind of get more about the character of the machine. But it's... One of the bikes you guys should look out out there that if you're racing a lot, um, it's light. People don't mention that, hey, KX450F, what, I think third lightest in class. Um, they used to be a boat. Well, now the Honda and the Yamaha are the boats in the class, not the Cowie. So um, don't worry about reliability. To me, clutch life is better than the Honda. I've never, only only problem I've had with Cowies are chain guides, chain sliders, sprockets, things like that, just normal wear and tear things, those wear out sooner than other bikes, but overall engine life, things that normally would go three or four years ago, do not go or break now. So don't be scared of the Kawasaki. I like that bike a lot. I've been riding it quite a bit along with the Husky as of last, last seven days or so. So, um, Rear, steer, rear end steering guys look into the Kawasaki. Front end steering riders, there's three I would go with, similar to what I talked about with the Vets. KTM 450, Husqvarna 450, and YZ450. Um, people think, Kiefer, front end steering, Yamaha? The thing's so vague, it doesn't corner very well. I'm calling bullshit, okay? It steers just fine. 105 for the sag, 5 millimeters up in the fork, um, and it steers fine with the front end. No, it's not as um, light feeling or lean angle easeability. That's what I call it in testing terms. We call it easeability, so it's not really a word, but that's what we use to lean in. It's not as good as the KTM or the Husqvarna. However, I just got done testing Dubox engine relocation kit for this Yamaha. If you guys are missing some front-end steering traction or lean-in, that's the way to go, okay? It was too much for me. I took it out, but I feel like the Yamaha turns fine for me. If you guys want that engine response and power feeling of the Yamaha but need more front-end bite, look at the Dubok Racing engine relocation. I'm telling you right now, I dropped my fork leg flush because it had so much front-end bite that I felt like I was stink bug coming into corners. So I dropped the, um, the fork flush with that engine relocation kit, and it turned, I'm telling you right now, as good as a Honda. So if you guys are looking for um, 
a bike that turns, is reliable, and has front end traction, the Yamaha is just fine. As Of course, we talked about the KTM Husqvarna. Um, easy riding. To me, only problem that I've had with KTM and Husqvarna are as a relay um, and fuel filters. If you keep those two and you always look at those, change out your fuel filter, I've had no problems with that bike. It's a fun bike to ride, not as fun to me as a Yamaha, but ease, ease of riding is high, um, traction is high, the air fork, like I said, is not that horrible, it has some comfort, mid-stroke harshness is not as apparent as other air forks, so those three bikes are very, very good for the racer guy, most bang for your buck, um, you'll be the most competitive, so those three bikes, front and steering guys, you need to look at that. Hey! Commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies, they're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or RuttedRacing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after Rutted Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees, get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. You're having an Anaheim One party? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Next category for me here is weekend warrior. So we, we use this term a lot. We make fun of those kind of people in, in our industry, which I feel like is a bunch of bullshit because those weekend warrior guys, probably percentage-wise, there's more of those type of people than there is any other type, than racers and everything. I see, I live in the high desert. I see people driving out on the weekends all the time to go just go ride in the desert. I see people... Um, at the track on the weekends that I never see at the races that just like to ride on the weekends. That's what they look forward to. Hey, that's what gets you through your week, Monday through Friday. By all means, tear it up on the weekends. Have fun. I get it. I don't like to race all the time either. So I'm right with you guys on the on the weekend warrior thing. Now, I kind of classify the weekend warrior as a blue-collar type of dude or a gal that you know just wants to go have fun not worry about racing obviously because you're not racing and you want the most bang for your buck so enter two strokes personally not a huge two-stroke fan 
But if I was just the guy wanting to go out in the hills, um, go hit some kickers, uh, want to go out to the track and just go have fun with my buddy, I don't want to spend a shit ton of money. I don't want to have to, uh, if my bike blows up, I don't have to dump $2,500 to rebuild it. YZ250, KTM 250 is something you guys should look at. Doesn't matter what year, either of those bikes, well, I should take that back. On the YZ250, it doesn't matter. You can go back as far as 06, and they're all great bikes. KTM 250, the last couple years, the bikes have really shined. Um, three, four years ago, they vibrated a little bit more, weren't as good as the Yamaha. But if you're comparing 18 to 18 right now, the KTM um, is just as good, maybe even a little bit better than the YZ250. The YZ250 hits harder than the KTM 250. The KTM 250 has a four-stroke-esque power, smooth delivery, revs very high, but very connected to the rear throttle. The YZ250 is more exciting. Peppy. That's my two-stroke sound. That's very uh, crisp throttle response and very fun to ride. So, two-strokes. Those are the two um, that I would look into. 125s, obviously, if you're if you're lighter weight and you're intimidated by a fast 252 stroke, YZ125 and KTM125 are also great choices. Even the KTM150 is a great choice. You're not going to get a whole lot more power feeling out of a 150 versus a 125, but nonetheless, you do get a little bit more. You can lug it a little bit more than a than a 125, but um, two strokes are the best for weekend warrior type dudes you know mixing gas hauling ass all the stuff that we talk about um ronnie mack all that stuff i i feel like two stroke is the way to go for you guys out there it doesn't cost a lot of money and it keeps you in the sport and and keeps you um, motivated to ride on the weekends because it's fun it's those are fun bikes to ride so next category is young kid teenager i'm talking about the teenager kind of kid if you have a teenager you want to get him a bike um it's tough for me to to classify racer non-racer i think any one of these bikes that i'm going to mention is good for the racer or the non-racer again yz125 ktm 125 that's all those teenagers need when my kid graduates from 85 i'm not sticking him on a 250f He's going to learn to ride a big bike um, on a two-stroke, and a YZ125 and a KTM 125 are the best two-strokes out there for them to learn on. They're reliable, easy to work on, and fun to ride. So look at those two bikes. Um, if we're talking about going back in years, again, YZ125, you can go back several, several years and almost have the same identical bike. KTM 125... Um, two years i would say three years keep it in that area if you want some of that new technology less vibration um but there's nothing wrong going back even further those are great bikes for them to learn on um before they graduate to a faster four-stroke where it could be more intimidating it it helps them learn to shift when to shift because on a two-stroke shifting is very important and those um and those techniques can roll over to four strokes later on when they get a little older. If you are a 250F, um, if you are in the market for a 250F and you're a parent or you know, you're know you a kid listening to this and you have the money to go do that, 
classify yourself as a rever or a lugger. I see shit ton of kids out there that are just rev happy, and it's hard for them to break that. So I would recommend not doing that. Um, but if you are that kind of guy, um, the best bikes to rev and that last a long time and that are good machines are a Honda 250 um, and a KTM 250. Those two bikes rev really far, and you can ride, you can each gear, you can just rev the shit out of them, and they perform well that way. Lugging bikes that don't perform as well um, as, as those two would be the Yamaha 250 and RMZ 250. I talked about the Yamaha a little bit already about how torquey it is, but the Suzuki is also very torquey and it likes to be short shifted. If you ride it in the low RPMs, the Suzuki works pretty well. But if you try to rev it, it will fall on its face. So look at those two bikes. If you're lugging it, um, you will have to deal, like I said, if you're on a Suzuki 250, the, the fork is not the best. But if you're a lighter guy, I always found out that the lighter um, riders didn't have as much problem with the fork as the heavier guys. So um, there's some food for thought for there. All right, so if you're learning to ride, these are the kids that just starting to learn how to ride, and you let's say you skipped your um, your parents said, yeah, you ain't getting a bike, and they decided, okay, well, now Johnny's 15 years old, 16 years old, and I'm going to let, let him have a bike, okay? This is this category. Some people weren't blessed with parents that let them ride when they were five years old. Some people took some talking into, mom, can I have a bike? Dad, can I have a bike? No, 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 no. You're 15 years old. Oh, little Johnny's getting in trouble. We better, you know, give him something to do, right? He doesn't want to play football, doesn't want to play baseball. Well, God forbid if he rides a dirt bike. Dirt bikes are fine. So people freak out like it's a death machine. Trust me, there's so many other ways to get hurt when you're a teenager or get in trouble. There's drugs, all this shit. Dirt bikes keep kept me out of trouble in my teenage years. And I thank God that I had dirt bikes around because I see a lot of kids that I grew up with go down the wrong path and I never recovered. So... If you are a teenager and you're learning to ride, it's okay. These are the bikes that you need to get. Again, YZ125, KTM 125, very good bikes. Same as the other um, category that I mentioned before. Look at 125 two-strokes. Buy a used 125 two-stroke. You probably can find them for $1,000 to $1,500. I just took a kid riding the other day that is 15 years old has only ridden like mini bikes in his backyard. I let him ride a YZ125, loved it. He learned in about 15 minutes how to shift, how to take off. Um, it wasn't intimidating for him. He could cruise around the desert and be fine. Um, I took him to a track. He was safe on the vet track. It's just easy to ride bikes and less expensive, and they don't cost an arm and a leg to rebuild. So. Look for a 125 for you kids out there to learn how to ride. I recommend this. It kept me out of trouble. For the parents listening out there, it's okay. Trust me. Your kid can get hurt doing all kinds of shit. Guide them. Teach them. If you're so worried about it, get a good riding coach to help them. Um, trust me. It goes a long way. And uh, dirt bikes are good for um, for people. Trust me. I, I hashtag all the time on my stuff is keep kids on dirt bikes because there's a reason, man. 
there's so much crap out there for them to get a hold of and to um, to hurt them. So and and dirt bikes are your least of your worries. All around um, category for let's say you're a moto guy and a desert guy. You like to do both. There's plenty of you out there. I like to do both as well. Um, a lot of these guys are out here in the desert where they live. They they go ride moto on Saturdays and may hit a trail ride on Sunday. So um, I have experience with the CR for um, the CRF 450RX. Great bike. It's more of an aggressive um, bike. High speed stuff maybe not as good, but if you are riding some single track and you're hitting the moto track. This bike's super fun. I see a lot of those bikes for those type of riders. I like that bike a lot. Also, probably the ultimate bike and the most expensive one is the KTM 450 XCF. Dude, I'm telling you right now, this bike is a blast to ride. Oh my gosh, the power. I, let's say two years ago when we did an off-road shootout, I would rather ride the XCF than the SXF personally. Just the way the transmission was and how spread out the, the power was, it, it's insane. And there's a lot of it. So for those of you looking for a fast bike that's light, has good brakes, a hydraulic clutch, and you can go moto um, on Saturday and ride with your homies on Sunday, the KTM 450XCF is great. I will be doing a podcast on that soon as well. Off-road pod starts two weeks from now into January, so look out for that. And also, you don't want that much power. You're you're out riding with your you know your trail homies, and you're on the single track. You're on some tight stuff. Look for the YZ250 FX. Torquey like like the F, but you know obviously has um, better traits for the trail. 18-inch rear wheel. Um, you can lug it, and it's still very fun to ride. Poppy has exciting engine response, and not as intimidating as these big bikes. So, YZ250FX. I see a lot of those in the motocross track as well. And if you and if you just watch one go by, you would never know it's an FX model. You just think it's an F. So, um, very cool that Yamaha is in that market, and that kind of and encompasses that hybrid rider. Um, that we're talking about here, the moto and the trail guy. Now, you're strictly a desert woods guy. Now, desert and woods could be two opposite things here, but these bikes seem to be the best that I have found, um, that I have ridden in these type of areas. Obviously, I just mentioned the 450 XCF, the KTM. Very good in the desert. If you guys are riding desert, fast stuff, and District 37... Uh, maybe even some District 36 here in California. That is a great bike to have and to own. It's expensive, and they're hard to find, but if you can get one, that's the bike to get. YZ450FX, heavier, a little bit more planted, very reliable, great bike out here in the desert. So if you're a desert rat, I recommend a Yamaha YZ450FX. Now, if you're a woods guy... I'm telling you right now, there is nothing better than a KTM 300 XC. Yeah, you can go to XCW if you wanted to, but the lugability of this two-stroke, oh my God. It is so much traction for a two-stroke. They feel light. They have enough excitement. The suspension on the thing is fairly good. It's soft, but it goes through all these roots and that snot and the slick rocks. It's, It's so good. I tried the 250 before, the um, the XC, 
I didn't like it as much as the 300, just for the simple fact of the lugability. I can, I can run a higher gear on the 300 and really get over some of that slippery crap that you guys have back east, man. It is, it's insane how good that 300 is. And KTM, I like that they're still developing two-strokes and they're still developing off-road model two-strokes. Um, look at Husqvarna and KTM. With the TPI bikes, um, that's another thing. I, I do not know much about that besides the time I spent with it. I spent a couple weeks on the Husqvarna TPI bike. Um, I didn't want to recommend that in this category because I don't know as much as I do with these three bikes. So, But I do like them developing, and they're continuing to help the off-road scene grow. All right. Women, I didn't forget about you. I got you. I did a 250 shootout, and I had some women involved, and there's still a lot of bikes. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. There is a couple bikes out there that I feel from talking to these ladies and talking to the ladies that I see at the track that are the best for you. If you're a beginner type of woman, and you're going out and ride on the weekends, and you're having fun with your husband, there's nothing wrong with an RMZ 250. It has good low end. It's safe. Um, it doesn't sit as high as the other bikes. Um, I had a girl that was very short, and she said she fit the RMZ 250 pretty good. Um, so there's that to take away. And it wasn't as intimidating. It had high levels of traction for you guys that are riding down low on the RPM, and that's where this bike likes to be ridden. So Suzuki makes a great bike for you women out there. Look into that. Obviously, if you're a little bit more advanced and you want some more power, um, WMA style, YZ250F is great. Lots of torque um, for the more advanced you know, woman. But also, don't um, neglect the 125 two-strokes. 125 two-strokes, yes, you have to be a little bit more aggressive at times if you're racing, but still can be very fun for you women out there um, that just want to go out with your husbands, go putt around. And um, if for you, for, the, for those of you listening out there, you can um, get a 125 for cheap, um, keep it for five, six, seven years, and not have to do much to them. Sometimes the chick doesn't want to go ride with you. It could sit in the garage for a year or two, and it will still start. Very liable machines. And uh, heck, for the guys listening out there, and you buy your chick a bike, and she goes ride with you, she doesn't want to go, you got a 125 to go ride and have fun on. Wink, wink. Hello. So those three bikes are the best. And the last category for you guys out there is the best financing and probably the best rebates that are out right now. For those of you who want to buy new, of course. Um, my notes here, I have, because I kind of did some research on this, and I have purchased some bikes on financing before. I usually try to buy a bike every year. Most of the time, it's cash, but sometimes I will have to finance a bike. And the time, and I financed the bikes through Honda, Yamaha, um, Kawasaki, uh, I think. I've never had experience financing with KTM Husqvarna, but I have looked into that. And to me, the best financing right now and the easiest ones to get financed through that I've heard are Yamaha and Suzuki. Yamaha has their own in-house financing company now, so everything's in-house in Cyprus, and it's easier to get financed um, to go buy a Yamaha. You get a credit card. Um, they pre-approve you on this on the Yamaha card, 
um, for an X amount, and you can buy, obviously, um, a new bike, and if you have some left over, you can buy parts on that. Um, the APR rates are competitive with other other brands, but for the simple fact of getting approved and getting on a machine, Yamaha is very good for that. As far as rebates right now, Suzuki is killing. You can go buy a new Suzuki and I think get damn near almost $800 to $1,000 in rebates. So don't... The Suzuki is a great bike and people knock it a lot. There's nothing wrong with the Suzuki. You can make it work really well. But if you're wanting to save some money and you just want to get in the sport and you want to ride or you know you want a new bike, there's nothing wrong with getting Suzuki. And the Suzuki rebate system right now is great. So... Those two, I would recommend looking into for the best finance and uh, the most rebates you can get. Honda financing is cool. I've done that. It's more like a car, um, how they circulate your billing. So um, Honda finance is also easy to get approved from, but um, APRs aren't as good that I've had experience with as uh, Yamaha. So... There you have it, guys. It's been a nice 45-minute podcast, about 10 categories about which bike is best for you. Hopefully, this helps you a little bit and kind of takes the load off my emails a little bit about this, this <laughs> these questions. Um, by no means is this the gospel, and this is the only bikes that are right, but these are the ones I've had experience with. And if you do you know, trust me and take my word for it, then obviously... Uh, Listen to the, you know, pick a category that you're in and listen closely because uh, I feel um, almost 100% um, sure that these bikes will fit you correctly. Um, always stay safe. Um, ride within your means. Keep it fun. Even if you're the guy racing every weekend and, and you're looking to get sponsors and stuff, try to keep it fun, guys, man. If anyone knows, it's me. I do this for a living. I ride dirt bikes. I talk about dirt bikes. I write about dirt bikes. So you got to keep it fun. You got to realize why we do this stuff. Um, and, and just enjoy everything it is about two wheels because, man, it's fun. From the gear to the smells to the power to everything, man, I love dirt bikes, guys. And um, if you see me on a track, let's bullshit about dirt bikes. You got any questions, you can always hit me up at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I will try to get back to you with a reasonable um, answer and a reasonable amount of time. Um, sometimes it takes me a couple days as I do get a lot of emails, but that's why I created this, this podcast slash Testing to give you guys more personal attention because I know those magazines out there don't really give a shit in the long run about um, if you have some questions, you know, pass their tests um that's why we're here we test stuff and if you got some questions afterwards hit me up hopefully i'll get back to you if not um you can always ask one of my other guys michael allen he's a great tester he's an off-road guy maybe he knows some things about off-road that i don't you can hit him up at michael at keyforinktesting.com um you guys want to order some shirts and hoodies hit heather hit heather up heather Kiefer. heather at keyforinktesting.com and hopefully we'll have Sean Klinger. He was from Dirt Rider. He's coming back. We're trying to get the old band back together. He'll be with Kiefer Inc. Testing within a couple of weeks. We'll get him an email. You guys can ask him questions. Sean is a great, great person for the novice rider um, that likes craft beer and likes to drink beer after he goes riding off-road. He loves trails. He's that kind of demographic. So if you're that guy, 
Sean is your dude. So I'm trying to get an arsenal of guys to uh, help you people out there um, to get the correct choices, um, to get the correct, um, I would say, gear, bikes, anything that encompasses dirt bikes and... It's, I'm trying to look for a word, and it's lifestyle. That's the word I'm looking for. It's lifestyle. That's what Kiefer Inc. testing is all about, and I'm going to try to get the people out here, um, the correct people, to get you all the information. All right, I've mumbled on too long. I'm done. I'm going to go eat a sandwich. Probably a turkey bacon, uh, turkey bacon, Swiss, mayonnaise, honey mustard. That's what I'm about to do. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Support the sponsors, please. They help me. They keep this thing running. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. I said height. I didn't say height. So for those of you haters out there, suck it.